Hey everybody, welcome back to Micah Jiggers with Dan and Emily. Ooh. It's been a while. It has been. Yeah. Welcome to the new year, guys. Yeah. Happy new year, everybody. Thanks for coming back after our short vacation. Hopefully everybody has blown their new year's resolutions. I know I have. I don't even set new year's resolutions anymore. I don't either. No, it, it was a nice long break. Almost felt too long. I know. I've been itching to get back to recording. It's been, I mean, we took a couple weeks off and... Yeah, it's been three weeks since we recorded our last episode. We took two weeks off without doing anything. And Bronx and Scotty is ready to be active for you guys. But before we get any deeper into the show, I do want to make a small announcement. Our release schedule will be changing. We had been releasing episodes every Thursday. We're going to change that to every other Thursday. So this episode will be coming out on January 16th. The next episode will be on January 30th and every other week after that. We hope you guys don't mind, but this gives us more time to, you know, make better content for you. Yeah, and the release schedule is just killing me. Me too, but we're really doing this not only for us, but we want to bring you guys the best that we can. Yeah, the we both have full-time jobs. And you have a second job trying to make a good show every week and on my end, get it edited and released on time and then come up with content for the next show. It was just a struggle. We think we can give you a better show if we just take it easier and do it every other week. And also it gives us time to just be friends too. Yeah. We hope you guys understand this and we appreciate you guys so much and hope this Turns out so much better because this is something we both really like doing. Oh, and while we're making announcements, we got a YouTube channel. Yay! At this time, we're not really planning on doing any like video blogs or anything, but apparently there's a lot of people that listen to podcasts on YouTube. I do. So we're just uploading our usual episodes to YouTube. There will be a little bit of art to go with it, but. Not really that much. It's just another way for everybody to enjoy the show. Hopefully you guys like the platform because, I mean, YouTube is so widely searched. I'm trying to get us on Pandora. Cross your fingers. I'm working on it. Ooh. I'm still waiting to hear back. We'll let you know if we do. But as always, you can check out Micah Jigger's podcast on Facebook for any updates. And the YouTube channel is also Micah Jigger's podcast. And you'll know it when you find it because it's got our nice little cartoon faces like any other podcast platform. Yeah, maybe some episodes Dan can put Scotty and Bronx on there. Yeah, maybe. I know I'm working on a few things. I don't want to give away any surprises, but we'll see what comes up in the future. Jackpot soon, guys. Yeah, but anyway, I got so bored while we were on break that I sent Emily at one point a, like, poorly photoshopped image of her dog with a lightsaber. Oh, wait a segue in there, Dan. What are we doing today? Yeah, today we're going to be talking about Star Wars. Yeah, big episode. Uh, Emily has never seen Star Wars up until now. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, it was one of those movies that never really appealed to me. Like, I understand people's, like, fan, like, the fan base about it. I don't get, like, hugely excited about movies. Like, I love watching movies, but, you know, Star Wars was one of those that I was never like, oh, I have to see that. But before we get into that, 
why don't we start off the show in our usual fashion with some what the fuck news? Ooh, it's gonna be, I don't know about yours, but mine's really fucked up. Some of these are kind of older stories just because we took some time off, but they're funny and we wanted to share them. Yeah. Or not even necessarily funny, they're just what the fuck. Yeah. My first one is from the Orlando Sentinel. Florida man wakes to find intruder sucking his toes. You know, before you get into that, I I feel like I should text my brother since he's in that area to see if he knows about this. You think it's him doing it? Yes. The Manatee County Sheriff's Office said the- Hold on. Manatee? Yes. (laughs) Go on. They said the victim was sleeping in his bedroom on Christmas Eve, so happy holidays, (laughs) and was woken up by an intruder, and he asked the intruder what he was doing, to which the intruder answered, quote, he was there to suck toes. Okay, I don't know if you know about this. It was some claymation videos that were on YouTube like 15 years ago, and they were like blue blob-like people, and they were the most incredibly... Just terribly made, but they are hilarious. And one of the quotes from one of the episodes is, I want to eat your toes. It's not ringing a bell. Okay. I'm going to have to show you. Okay. Well, first off, if I wake up and somebody's sucking my toes, I'm not having a discussion with them to figure out why they're there. <laughs> I'm just going to kick them in the face. But after they established why this guy was there, they got into a short little fight. And then the intruder tried to fondle the victim's genitals before fleeing from his house. Whoa! Wait, what? I'm going to suck your toes and touch your pee-pee? Yep. That's wild. I haven't seen an update on where they caught this guy. I feel like he has to be on drugs or something. The toe-sucking bandit is you can't, still at large. You're not just a criminal with you know a weird fetish for toes. This has to be somebody that was on something. So what's your next story? Mine's also not like that's like fucked up in its own way, but like this is fucked up. So there was a mom who has been sentenced to seven years in prison for injecting her 15 year old son's cancer IV with fecal matter. In 2016, this boy was in this hospital for leukemia treatments and he was discharged and sent home. And a few days later, was brought back because he was vomiting, had a fever, and diarrhea. And so they were like, why is this kid not getting better? And um, they did like blood tests and they're like, okay, well, there's bacteria in your blood that can, he had a bacterial infection and sepsis because of this. And so they monitored his room and they watched the mom inject his line with some substance. And it turns out it was the kid's own shit. She kept in a bag in the kids the bath the hospital bathroom so he could be moved to the intensive care unit because she believed that the treatment would be better there. What the fuck? Right? So she has six counts of aggravated assault and one count of neglect. So I want my child to get better treatment. So I'm almost gonna kill them. Yeah. And that's the one thing that they didn't charge her was attempted murder. Ah people are stupid. The idea that you're going to get better treatment in the intensive care, like, yeah, they're going to keep a closer eye on you in intensive care because it's intensive care, but that doesn't mean in other departments of the hospital, they're not treating people. Yeah. Yeah, that's... 
one that's disgusting because she was keeping this kid's shit in a bag. Uh, so it was said like she kept it in a gift bag on the bathroom sink and she would just go in there and... Yeah, what is wrong with people? I don't know. Like your kid's already having a shitty time. No pun intended there. Like your kid is already dealing with leukemia, which I mean, it, it's cancer. And so like there is a death rate with that. He's already weakened. Let me make him weaker. Right? I'm surprised that this boy didn't die because he literally got sepsis. Yeah, they should have charged her with attempted murder. That's just, no. All right, my next story comes from Fox 2 Now in St. Louis. It's actually about a California couple. And the headline is, Couple left bikes in yard to lure thieves, beat them with bats, and post videos to YouTube. Because that's what you... that. If you want to really incriminate yourself, guys, post your videos to YouTube. Okay, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for the people that were trying to steal bikes. Yeah, fuck them. I mean, this is what they've done is illegal, but if you try to steal a bike, you kind of get, you kind of deserve what's coming to you. Just leave them alone and you won't get beaten. Yeah, so here's the full story. California couple Savannah Grillet, 29, and Corey Cornnut, 25. No. Yes, his name's no. Cornnut. To the coordinate heir? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> How great would that be if he was heir to the Corna Empire and he was just an eccentric millionaire? Just he's putting out like a hundred bicycles in his front lawn every day. He's like, Yeah, I'm gonna beat me some thieves. <laughs> they were arrested on suspicion of assault with a deadly weapon and conspiracy in connection with the series of at least four beatings between July and November. People shouldn't be stealing bikes. And the police official statement on it. In the videos, it appears as if the suspects planted a bicycle in the front yard of their residence, unsecured, and waited for someone to try and steal the bicycle. Once someone tried to steal the bike, the suspects would rush from the house and assault the individual with a baseball bat. Okay. I don't want to see these people's YouTube videos. I want to see their neighbors' YouTube videos of the people rushing out of the house with a bat to beat somebody. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. I don't really have a whole lot to say on that one other than... Hey, people, don't fucking steal bikes or else you're going to get beat. Yeah. Now we're going to try a segment inspired by our last episode, episode 15, a sugar daddy relationship. Mm-mm, you got to say it. A sugar daddy relationship. Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun. Yeah, we're going to call this segment That's Tasty. I'm just going to find food-related articles or recipes, and then I'm going to read it in an overly sexual, <laughs> creepy vibe. <laughs> because for some reason, it creeps out Emily, but she also finds it highly entertaining. I do! It is just, uh, it's so fucking weird, but like, it's so entertaining. It, it's funny to watch you respond to me <laughs> talking that tone because, like, you're laughing, but you like shudder at the same time. <laughs> so, for the inaugural edition of That's Tasty, <laughs> yeah, say it the way it's supposed to be. That's tasty. Mm. We've got a cheesy taco recipe from myfoodandfamily.com. Are you even going to make it through this recipe? I hope so. I'm just introducing it and you're shuddering. Because <laughs> the way you said cheesy taco. 
It only gets worse. Oh, buddy. Let's start with your ingredients. Mm. You're going to need a pound of ground beef, a quarter cup of water, one package of Taco Bell taco seasoning mix, half a pound of Mexican Velveeta cut into half-inch cubes. Mm. That Velveeta, it's going to be so creamy. You're also going to need one package of warmed Taco Bell crunchy taco shells. Okay, just a stopping point here. If you guys are going to listen to this, you have to listen to it with headphones on because it makes it so much fucking weirder. Dan's across from me. And like if I like my headphones just slipped off and like I could hear him, but it is so much weirder when your headphones are right on your head. So if you really want the full effect of Dan, then pop in them headphones. Okay. Your last ingredients. One cup shredded lettuce. <laughs> One cup chopped tomatoes. And one cup. Taco Bell salsa. And you're going to want that salsa thick and chunky. No! (laughs) I don't know why I lost it on the shredded lettuce. Now you got your ingredients. You're going to want to start cooking it. Mm. (laughs) You're going to start with your ground beef. You're going to take that meat and brown it (laughs) in a large skillet. (laughs) then drain stir in the water in your seasoning mix now add that Velveeta you'll want to stir frequently get some nice wrist action in there and cook until that Velveeta is completely melted I'm really glad you didn't say creamy again (laughs) now you're gonna take your meat and creamy goodness. God damn it. <laughs> and stuff it in the fold of that taco. <laughs> now, top it with your lettuce, tomatoes, and salsa. Put your mouth on that taco and start eating. And don't be afraid to get a little on you. Mmm. That's tasty. (laughs) Oh, no. I think my favorite part was um, stuff it in the folds of the taco. I might have taken some creative license with that recipe. But the link will be in the show notes if you want the actual recipe. Oh, that's normal? (laughs) That was the greatest thing ever. If you want to try that recipe, the link will be in the show notes. I'm sure that myfoodandfamily.com wants to be associated with this segment. Oh, no. That was that was wild. Yes, that's our uh, family-friendly segment of the show. I loved it so much, though. It was so weird. Things got weird. Uh, that was so good. I can't wait for this to happen again. Okay. Let's just jump right into Star Wars. Okay. That was... <laughs> uh. You're the one who's new to Star Wars. What did you think? I actually really liked it. Like, I went in with, like, 
you know, I've never seen them. I do know, like, the basis on it because, I mean, it's kind of how I, I grew up with most of the movies coming out. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those things, like like I said earlier, was something I was never, like, I had to watch these. And so, like, I didn't set any expectations for it. And so I sat there and watched it and I got really into it. Like, I was really surprised how into it I got. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, what was it, made in 77? Yeah. Um, Some of the graphics in the first one were actually not terrible. I was quite surprised. Okay. So, okay, for the 70s, the graphics weren't that terrible. We need to talk about that. So, I would agree that the special effects are amazing for the 70s. I can't wait to talk about the second one because I wa- I did watch like the first like 20 minutes of it. The version that we watched is on Disney Plus. It is not the version that was originally released in 1977. It's not even the version I grew up on. So is there an original version out there? You cannot get it anymore. Like it's Why? out there. I have the VHS of as close to the original as you can get. The original, original version didn't even say episode four, A New Hope, in it. Okay. That's the version most people have seen is the one I have on VHS. Mm-hmm. But like when it came out in theaters in 77, it didn't have that. Not originally, because George Lucas always wanted to do a series, but they weren't sure if it was going to be successful enough. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of faith in the movie because people were like, this is kind of weird. Yeah. Once it just became a pop culture phenomenon, very quickly they were like, yeah, you're making a sequel. And then George Lucas was like, okay, then we have to set this up as the way I originally envisioned it. Which brings me to the special effects. Okay. In 1997, George Lucas had more money than God. Yeah. And access to the fairly new computer animation. So he re-released them as a special edition with new scenes and computer animation added in, which is very distracting to me when we were watching it for this show. So the one we watched was the remastered? Yes. Anytime that you see people riding like animals, like giant lizards and stuff, that is all I thought that looked a little too smooth, considering... I don't want to get into the second episode or episode five, but like you could tell a difference. Some of those animals were in the original version. They just weren't moving around a lot. There's one in this special edition that like rears up on its hind legs. It's very distracting for me because I was expecting the movie to go one way and I don't think I've ever seen the special edition in its entirety. So this stuff kept popping up. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like I watched this movie so many times as a kid that I, like, have it in my brain. Yeah. And then I'm just like, whoa. So do you think it's one of those things, like, I need to go and watch the old version of it? If you can find it, I mean, I only have it on VHS, which... Who has a VHS player? Hardly anymore. (laughs) I have the whole entire original trilogy on VHS. I think my brother does, too. I think you would appreciate the quality of the special effects they actually did achieve in the 70s. If you saw that version. So technically you have seen the older version of it then and the graphics were still well done. Yes, I would say the changes they've made to this version make the original graphics look worse just because of, in comparison to computer animation, Mm -hmm. they're not that impressive. 
Yeah. But they're pretty damn impressive. Like, there's a, the dog fight at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. They did all that with models. Hmm. That's not computer animation. Like, it's not like they completely remade the movie with computers. A lot of those special effects are in there. They've just kind of touched them up a little. It's amazing. It was ahead of its time, and they invented technologies for it. They invented an entire company, ILM, Industrial Line Magic. Okay. That is pretty much the industry leader for like computer effects. They do the That's Marvel awesome. movies and most of what you see in today's movies and special effects. That's awesome. It owes its lineage to Star Wars. It definitely was a an opening to something greater and... And I now have like a better appreciation of the movies because, I mean, they made this first movie not knowing how it was going to turn out. And, you know, was there nine movies now? More. There's the nine main movies, two recent spinoff movies, and then two other spinoff movies they made back in the 80s. You should watch on Disney Plus, everybody, I believe it's called Empire of Dreams. It's a kind of documentary looking back on the making of star wars and you get a much better idea of the kind of special effects they were doing back in the day you'll really appreciate how genius they are do you know what their budget was for this movie off the top of my head i don't know but they definitely stretched their money i don't think it was a shoestring budget but they weren't it was something a lot of people weren't like confident in so like yeah and the studios have changed a lot since then. Like, at that point in time, they weren't putting the money into movies that they are now. I mean, they still put, like, millions of dollars into yeah. movies. But today's, like, Marvel movies, their budgets are just insane. But they know, like, the especially, like, those main ones, they knew that they're not going to tank. Yeah. And the budgetary and technological restrictions of that time really push them to be more creative and imaginative on their solutions. Mm-hmm. You should watch Empire of Dreams. It's okay. amazing just what they came up with to solve problems. I'll have to take a look at that. Yep. Why don't you just go into like just how you felt about Star Wars now that you've seen it? So there are a few things like, you know how it like the cut scene like you know a cut from scene to scene mm -hmm. that one that is some like does that travel through all the movies the way it cuts through the way it kind of like slides across yes that is so a, that's just like a statement of the movies yeah or a it, staple of the movies that was george lucas a lot of the original star wars is kind of an homage to earlier i don't know 30s 40s type sci-fi serials okay so that was kind of something they did back in that time. Okay, because that was one, like, I didn't know if that was, like, intentional, if that was going to be present through the rest of the movies, because it made it feel like it was a little too jumpy at parts. No, that is something that will carry over even into the newer ones. It's just the language of the films. Okay. Overall, I give it a 10 out of 10. I really liked it, and I am ready to watch the next ones, and I really, like, I don't know if it's just me being a female with um, Princess Leia in the first one. I kind of like her attitude because she just comes off as this badass bitch and just isn't going to take somebody's shit. Mm -hmm. But I also think that's Carrie Fisher yeah. at her finest. And I really liked how she was like, oh, I don't need this. Like, you know, Han Solo is cocky, 
Like, he is a cocky man. And you can see him soften a little bit, but, like, he'd still be like, oh, I'm like a master pilot. I'm going to save your ass. And Mm -hmm. the line that she says in the beginning, oh, you came in that? (laughs) (laughs) You're braver than I thought? It had been a while since I'd seen A New Hope. And when they rescue her, but then they get pinned down by stormtroopers, she's like, nice rescue, guys. She She's sassy, and I like it a lot. Yeah, she's... Is she like that throughout, or they make her tone it down? She is like that. She doesn't get much to do in Empire Strikes Back, but she has a bigger role in Return of the Jedi. Okay. I definitely wasn't expecting Obi-Wan to disappear so quickly in the first one, either. Mm-hmm. But, like, I knew he wasn't... Um, like, I know he's a big part of it, but I knew that he wasn't present for a part of it. I don't know. I just, I like that. I like how the characters come together in a very unconventional way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, being complete strangers, we're going to help each other out. I really liked watching the Death Star blow up, though. Yeah, the Death Star is so cool. There was a lack of, when they were, you know, f- trying to blow it up. And watching everybody like explode and the lack of like, ah, my friends, they're dead. <laughs> they just kept going on. Eh. <laughs> there was like a lack of like empathy, like, you know, Luke's childhood friend just died before his eyes. Yeah. I'm trying to remember how much of his friend was in the original. I know they've, his role has been expanded over the years. I think they've t- taken some stuff out. <laughs> like, also, with the fact like, you know, this, you know, this random kid comes in there like, you're a pilot, let's go. Like, okay, you're just going to throw, like, you don't know his skill, so you're just going to throw him in a ship? On a critical mission. Yeah. And what's funny is you've never seen him pilot anything up till that point in the movie. Just besides that little, like, hover car that he had. Yeah. That was it. Which, that, that is another thing that they amazingly did in the 70s, and that effect... Most of that in that you saw, that's how it looked like in the original. Like, so very little did they actually touch up in the '90s, but like they kind of enhanced. Yeah, it's more adding computer characters when it looks like something that was obviously a computer, like Han talking to Jabba the Hutt. That mm-hmm. scene's not in the original. Yeah, talking about Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. There's a point when they're on the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Obi Wan has gone off by himself. Luke and Han are locked in a room just waiting for Obi-Wan to get back. And Han says something about Obi-Wan being stupid or something. Yeah. And Luke all of a sudden's like, he's a great man. How would you know? You just met him. I wonder if like, because, you know, well, he grew up with the stories of Obi-Wan because Luke's dad yeah. and Obi-Wan were, you know, what, battle buddies? Yeah, both Jedi Knights. And so, like, I mean, he grew up with the... I could see it because he grew up with the stories of Obi-Wan, but, like, how can you really judge if you don't know him? I also thought it was crazy, um, you know, very out there for, like, the 70s for being... Was it marketed as a kid show? Like Like, a young teen or... I don't think it was really marketed as kids thing. It definitely set a precedent for merchandising. Well, I'm saying that because, like, the part where, spoilers, I guess, when Luke goes back to his village and his aunt and uncle are 
charred alive and you just see their bones in the f- melted yeah. flesh. So when I saw that, I'm like, is I, I wonder what age group this was really marketed to back in the 70s. I'm assuming like teen to young adult. Yeah, I don't think they were really going for kids. Yeah. It's definitely become a very kid-friendly franchise. Like a family-friendly, yeah. Talking about Luke's aunt and uncle, when I was a kid watching it, I always was just like, man, his uncle's a real mean, like, his uncle's just a hard case. Like, he's just on his ass about everything. Mm-hmm. Not a nice guy, so I didn't really mind when he dies. Yeah. Now that I'm older, I'm like, well. He's really just trying to protect yeah, him. Yeah, he's just trying to protect him. He knows, like, his father died. There's that scene where Obi-Wan gives Luke his dad's lightsaber and says, your uncle wouldn't let me give this to you because he was afraid you would run off on a stupid crusade with me. Spoiler. (laughs) Well, his uncle wasn't wrong. His uncle wasn't wrong. Luke's first like immediate instinct is like, yeah, let's go on this adventure. I mean, granted, he doesn't have anything holding him back and he says that, but. And especially, like, I mean, it really, after his, you know, parental units are now both gone. Yeah, his first reaction is to run off with a stranger who his, just okay, says that's he knew a, his dad. That's another thing was, like, the lack of, like, you know, sadness and empathy when his, you know, what he was there with them ever since he was, like, a little kid. Like, does that ever explain what happened to his mom later on? Yeah. Okay. That's because, a like, prequel that's thing. What, this is what I'm like really excited about is knowing how it started. Like I'm really excited to like get to like one, two, and three mm-hmm. because I want to know how it starts and I want to know how it all ties together. I love storylines and I kind of like the way that this is set up. Like you're not watching it in order. Right. You're seeing it like four, five, six, one, two, three. I kind of actually like that. I thought about us watching them in chronological order, but. I really feel like people should enjoy them in the way that they They were were first released. Like, that gives you the same experience that everybody else had. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would agree that this is how you should watch them. I think this movie looks really good. Not, I'm not talking about the special effects, just the way it's filmed. Mm -hmm. The set design, like the Millennium Falcon, the Death Star, these feel like lived in sets. For an era of filmmaking when a lot of it was like, just throw up a fake wall. Mm-hmm. You they feel- did really well. Like, I have such high appreciation for very limited whatever they had back in the 70s. Yeah. And we're still able to pull this off. There was one scene. It's Darth Vader and Grand Moff Tarkin, who's in charge of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. They're in a meeting with all these other officers. And it's the scene where Vader chokes one of the officers. Mm-hmm. While I was watching that, I was like, this scene is really well filmed. Like, it's the lighting in it. It feels like a modern film. Just the yeah. way it's shot rather than a lot of bright lights. And You know what else I noticed? That people, like, when you get into the Imperial, people talk with a higher society, like, almost British-like accent. I'm like, did they just get a bunch of fucking British actors for this? It was filmed in Britain for a large part. Makes sense. I want to talk about that. The performances in this movie. I think everybody kept a very well, like some of them kept a very high, I think especially like the people in like the Imperial room 
had to keep carry themselves a certain way to make it feel. I think that what dates this movie is the performances. It's a mm-hmm. different style of acting. Mm-hmm. And there's a mix of it. There's some of them are, that are much more theatrical actors. Yeah. Going back to, you know, they started in theater and film became a thing. Okay. Whereas, and I think I see that more in the Imperial officers. Like, there's one guy early on in the movie who's just saying to Darth Vader, like, an update on Princess Leia. And there's no subtlety to his performance at all. It's just straight exposition. It doesn't even seem like he's thinking about what he's saying. It's just, I'm putting these words out there. (laughs) I think the best actor in the movie is probably Harrison Ford. He feels very relaxed and in that role. Yes. It's a role that he grows in, but in this first film, it definitely feels like he knew what this character was. Yeah. Whereas Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker. He feels very... Well, how old was he, though? Like, what, 17 when he started (sighs) I want to say he was probably around 20. But I feel like the way he performs the character is anywhere between 9 and 20, depending on the scene. (laughs) Which I feel like, I don't know, grew up out in, like, the desert. Like, he doesn't... I feel like there's probably not a whole lot of, you know, maybe education. And so, like, he's kind of, like, a powerhouse brat. (laughs) He's very whiny with his uncle. Mm-hmm. His uncle's like, I-, I want you to do this and this. Oh, but I was going to go into... I mean... <laughs> He's very whitey. He is. How old was Carrie Fisher? Was Carrie Fisher 16 when they started filming these? Like, she was young. I want to say they were all like legal adults, but... Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie where their the main girl was really young. I could be wrong, but I, I want to say they were all legally adults, but they were all young. Yeah. Even Harrison Ford, he had some roles, but he was not This was like his breakout movie. Yeah. Let's talk about Darth Vader for a second, because isn't his voice different than the person in the suit? Yes. His voice is James Earl Jones, Mm -hmm. known to many as Mufasa. Rest in peace. Rest in peace for Mufasa, not James Earl Jones. He's still with us. (laughs) That'll be a sad day. Yes, it will be. But the actor that's inside the suit, I'll say his name, David Prowse. Well, wasn't it like he was in the middle of multiple things while filming this? Or was that the case? I've heard it told two different ways. Okay. One version is they never intended to use the physical actor's voice. They always wanted a very powerful voice. And they just needed a stand-in. The other version I've heard is his voice sounded ridiculous once they started doing it. And they decided- The person in the suit? Yeah. We're getting a good physical performance, but we got to do something about this voice. So does James Earl Jones ever in the suit? No. Okay. So it's all his voice recorded? Yes. And is it the same guy in the suit usually? Always. Always? Okay. So not in recent years, they've added Darth Vader into some movies, but the original trilogy, it's always the same guy. Okay. With just the voiceover. Yeah. You would never know. No, you wouldn't. I have mixed feelings about Darth Vader in this movie. He has become the through line for the entire Star Wars saga. Like the prequels are his story. Mm-hmm. In this movie, it's kind of hard to see how he became that important because he's not set up in this movie as the big bad guy, even for this film. Yeah. He answers to somebody else. See, that's what confused me. I'm like, okay, well, is this Vader ship or is it that one guy? Yeah, Tarkin. Yes. 
because, I mean, they both seem like they're in charge. Like, who's really in charge? Because it didn't seem like in this movie, Vader had a lot of, um, like, when they escaped through the door and the door just kind of closed on Vader and he just, he, part of me, like, I could see, like, they were intentionally doing it, but also, like, he didn't give much effort to try and stop anything. And that was just kind of my outlook on him on the movie. Like, I like Vader, and I hope to see, like, how he rounds out in the movies. But, like, that one, he was very, like, eh. Yeah. I mean, he's a force in the movie. He Literally. He's very, yeah. <laughs> he's very imposing. He doesn't really do a whole lot. I mean, he does have some involvement in the final dogfight. Princess Leia, even at one point, describes him as being on Tarkin's leash. Yeah. I'm like, wow, I never really thought about it, but he's basically the henchman in this movie. If They very could have easily made more Star Wars movies and never brought that character back. It could have just been a different villain every movie. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that that character grew and became the bad guy. I think that probably has something to do with like public reaction to the character. I don't know. <laughs> I'm oh. I'm really excited to see the next ones. Yeah. The Cantina scene where they meet uh Obi-Wan and Luke go and they're looking for a pilot and that's where they meet Han. Yeah. That's another scene where it took me out of the movie when I watched this version because it's going around the room and it's showing all these aliens. I was just like, "What the fuck was that? That's not in the movie." <laughs> and then See, that's the thing. I would have never have known. Yeah. And that scene is very well done. I only know because I've seen that scene so many times. I'm just like, what? The fighting that, because Han breaks out and like, you know, chops that guy's arm off and like- Or Obi-Wan. Yeah, sorry. Obi-Wan like chops that guy's arm off, but like it just seemed messy Mm -hmm. and like the camera angles were not that great. So like that was kind of like, I was sitting there like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. That one always confused me because as a kid, I was like, okay, I guess it was the one guy's like cohort that got his arm cut off because it's a hairy arm, but the guy that was arguing with Luke is not a hairy guy. Yeah. (laughs) But he had like a baboon looking friend with him. Yeah, it's not well shot. I was going to bring up that scene. It tells you a lot about the quality of this place. That somebody gets their arm sliced off and everybody just immediately goes back to drinking. Five minutes later, Han shoots a guy in the bar and nobody reacts. Do you think it's because, I mean, is it only, it's only Jedi Knights that have lightsabers, right? Yes. At this point in time in the galaxy, many people are only vaguely aware that Jedi exist. And if they are aware of them, they're like a rumor or myth. Do you think it has anything to do, like, I'm not going to fuck with that guy because we now know who he is, or... And then Han might just be, you know, this is just some asshole with a gun. I think it's just a harsh place. Obi-Wan does describe it as a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Yeah, he does. I think they just see it on a daily basis and like, oh, it's... Yeah, yesterday we had a guy get skinned alive in the bar, like... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just how their life goes. You work in a bar. Can you imagine if somebody got shot and then everybody else just like, oh, I'll just have another one? <laughs> I, I couldn't. Maybe if it was like monster days. And no one's even concerned about cleaning it up. Mm, the floor rats will get it. Yeah. <laughs> floor the, droids. The, the, um, the sand people. Not the sand people, but like those little. Jawas. Yeah. They'll probably use it for something. 
I love the negotiation between Obi-Wan and Han. Because Han wants 10,000 credits to take them to Alderaan. Obi-Wan and Luke are both like, no, that's too much. And then Obi-Wan says, we'll give you 2,000 now and 15 when we get there. And Han takes it like a sucker. Yes. There's, once you're there, what guarantee is there that you're going to get that 15? Especially when you're obviously a smuggler and criminal, you're not going to like any cops or anything to turn them in. I just like that they were accepted onto the Death Star so easy. Well, I think that was... Okay, here's what I think happened there. We find out in the film that they're allowed to escape so that it can be tracked to the rebel base and figure out its location. Yeah. Were they let on because they thought they were going to move stuff for them? I think why they were let on is because at this time the Death Star is supposed to be a secret. Mm-hmm. And here's a ship flying by that's like, what's that? So I'm sure they're just like, okay, we're taking this ship on board and anybody on it, they're not ever speaking to anyone ever again. Yeah. I feel like this movie moves really fast. That's one thing I noticed is it doesn't linger in one place too long. No. But what I was going to say is I like that in... um the ending there when the dust star was trying to come upon the um, secret planet mm-hmm. or the moon or whatever yeah. their hideaway is. I like that it didn't like the ship wasn't moving in hyper speed and like ran around that planet. Like it took what an hour to come around the side of the planet to see yeah, it. Something like that. I like that it was like, you know, using space, things revolve. Right. And it takes time to revolve around a planet. So I like that it used that like, oh, this, we're going to move around this and just blast them. No, it actually had to take time to come around this planet. How about when they test the Death Star on Alderaan? Oh, my God. You know, I thought it was a joke at first. And then when they were like, yeah, sorry to hear about Alderaan. I'm like, oh, God damn. I remember when the special editions came out and people were showing like images online of the differences. There was one where somebody circled the explosion of Alderaan. And like one of the specs and said, oh, look, in the special edition, they added Leia's father. (laughs) Phew. Yeah. (laughs) That's a dark joke, but it's funny. How about that as a, what an asshole that villain is. Like that is a lost character. Like he dies in the movie. He's such, he's so hateable. He tells her we're going to. Or yeah, whatever, Tarkin. Tarkin. He tells her, we're going to blow up your planet unless you tell us where the rebel base is. And then she lies, but she tells him something. Mm-hmm. And he blows, and blows it up, up anyway. Like, what a bitch. I love his reasoning, too. He's like, oh, the planet you told us is just too far away to be an effective demonstration. We gotta blow up this planet. What a bitch. Yeah. What did you think about Vader and Obi-Wan? The fight? Yes. You could tell the history between them. Mm-hmm. You could really see that they didn't want to fight, but it was like an inevitable scene that, you know, this is what it came to. And knowing that the way that Obi-Wan just kind of dispersed yeah, was kind of neat and makes me think like something else is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he's just going to like, it's some kind of metamorphosis and he's going to like come back and like, 
but I don't know. I really yeah, don't know. Maybe. And the way that you're looking at me, I know that he does. But <laughs> um, it is something I honestly did not know if he would or not. But like you knew he intentionally did it. And Vader kind of knew that he couldn't have that power. Yeah. I love the way that when he disappears, Vader goes over and he's like kicking the robes like, what'd you do, shrink? Like, <laughs> He's just not quite sure what happened there. Yeah. But like you could tell they were like, you know, what he say, like that was his old master. Yeah. They really didn't want to fight. Like, it was something that they did not want to do, but, you know, circumstances came and they had to do something. Mm -hmm. Like, Vader didn't want to portray himself as, like, weak. Like, this is my master. I'm going to kick his ass. I love how the Imperial officers have no respect for his religion, they called. Yeah. The Force. Yeah, the people call him a, a wizard and... You'd call them tricks. Yeah, yeah, they choke. He chokes the shit out of them. Like, yeah, you're he, really gonna disrespect this powerful being? It can't be the first time any of them have heard of him choking somebody, like from across the room. And then the fact, like, when they're um, when he's talking to the people down in the detention center, and he's choking the guy down in the detention center, and he's all the way who the fuck knows? Yeah, and like. You're really going to make fun of him and he can reach you from miles away? Yeah. I think the biggest disappointment of these films is just because of the limitations of the time. You don't get to see him just be a complete badass. Like, he's a very powerful character. In, like, he, the first couple movies or the entire series? There is more action for him as the series goes on. There's more money. But just, like, the first yeah. couple movies? This first one is just, one, there's not a lot of room for that, but... How much of a fight is he going to have against an older actor at this time? They can't replace a face. Yeah. So that lightsaber duel could have been a little cooler, but they get better as it goes on. You should watch Rogue One. Next? Or? Well, we're kind of saving the other movies for future episodes. Rogue One takes place right before A New Hope. Okay. So it's not really spoiling. There's not much from the prequels you're going to have spoiled. It's its own spinoff. And you really get to see, very briefly, Vader just lay into So people. it's not going to mess up one, two, and three? No. It's, okay. Yeah, it's not really that So, connected. like, I could have watched it without seeing any of the movies. Or should you, at least A New Hope? Yeah, you need to see at least A New Hope, because Rogue One is about how they got the plans for the Death Star. You know- It's oh. a heist movie, basically. <laughs> Because I, I was wondering that because when they were doing the fight scene at the end, um, they were calling the ships Rogue Two. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this has anything to do with Rogue One. Well, there's also the X-Wing pilots in this movie. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, Red Five, Red Four. Yeah. Luke is Red Five. That part of that movie doesn't make sense. They're just like, okay, we just met you. We're not even sure if you're a spy or not, but sure, up in a ship. Yeah. And you, they can't be cheap. No. You got to figure it's equivalent to like one of our fighter planes. It has to be. You don't have somebody just show up on a aircraft carrier and say, hey, can I try out one of those ships? I'm a really good bush pilot. That guy over there knows me. Yeah. But I love that. His friend Biggs is like, oh, no, he's good. He's the best pilot I've ever seen. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's all the references I needed. We don't need to put him in a simulator or anything no why would you okay so wrapping up our discussion of star wars 
where are you hoping the series goes? You obviously know there's a four and five, and there's a whole prequel trilogy, and now we got newer movies. What do you want out of the rest of this original trilogy? I really want to know Luke's background. Like, I want to know why Vader is there. I want to know how, like, why the Jedi's are considered a myth. Mm-hmm. I want to know, you know, I just want the characters round out to make more sense, especially since four, five, and six kind of jump in the middle of it. I want to see pieces come together. Like, I need character backgrounds. I'm very into like reading up on people, and I really hope that this can help me mm-hmm. because I know bits and pieces. Because, I mean, like I said, it's always been there ever since, like, I, I mean, I'm only 24, mm-hmm. but. Like, ever since I've been growing up, it, Star Wars has been massive my entire life. And I know my brother has seen them, and I now have friends that are really hugely into them. So I, I want to know what they know. Okay. Uh, anything specific for, like, the main three, Luke, Han, Leia? Just how their relationships all grow together. Okay. And how they, I don't know, cope with everything and how they become how they grow into their characters like i want to see the characters develop like i'm really into character development that's like my big thing i think one thing i like about han he's always a scoundrel he does grow over the series even in this movie he has that arc of at first he's only helping them because he's in the same shit situation they're in they're stuck on the death star yeah like they paid him and then he should be done. But his ship is stuck on the Death Star, so he kind of has to help them. Yeah. And then by the end of the movie, he, he's got his These reward. These people aren't so bad. Yeah, he's gotten his reward. He could take off, and he comes back in the crucial moment and helps save the day. Yeah. So knowing like he's so you know anti-hero turned hero, mm-hmm. he never wanted to be a part of that. And he goes, you know, I kind of want to help these people. Yeah. Han's a great character. He's so many characters since then have been based on Han. Like Mm -hmm. we need a Han Solo type character. Yes. Okay. So we'll just wrap up our Star Wars discussion with a little game. Okay. Kind of like when Emily has mean guest bands. I have a list of 10 character names and Emily's going to have to tell me whether they're Star Wars characters or not. And the extra little twist is They're all characters from something, so even if she's heard the name, she doesn't know if they're Star Wars or not. Perfect. And this is also just kind of poking some good fun at the ridiculousness of science fiction names. You ready? Yes. Dexter Jetster. That's not a Star Wars name. That is a Star Wars name? Is it really? Because I was thinking of the Jetsons. Dexter Jetster. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Jadzia Dax. Real? Well, they're all real. Well, well okay. They're if, all fiction. But... Okay, if I'm going to say real, then real Star Wars. Okay. No, that is Star Trek. Hmm. I'm going to do fucking terrible at this. Grief Karga. Real. That one is. That's the Mandalorian. Bib Fortuna. I feel like that's something Jabba says. Fake. That is real. He works for Jabba. <laughs> It literally sounds like something he, like, says. Dash Rendar. Fake. That's real. Jesus Christ, I'm doing fucking terrible. What, I've got one? Yeah. Yes. See, these are 
every single one of these sounds like somebody just laid on their keyboard. Yeah. Biff Tannen. Real. That is from Back to the Future. Fuck! I've never seen Back to the Future. And I don't plan on it either. Not something that I've ever been interested mm. in. Count Mondego. Real. That's Count Monte Cristo. <laughs> and I've read that book too. <laughs> Bayes Malbus. You know, I'm just going to start saying real for all of these. Real. That one is real. <laughs> Bodie Rook. Fake. That one's real. Fuck. I'm really pissed at myself because I don't fucking know who these people are. Oh, there's no reason for you to know most of them. It's just, that's the fun of the game is they're all ridiculous names. They could, it could be a coin toss. The last one, Sabine Wren. Real. That one is real. Only because Kylo Wren. Oh, it's not even related. What the fuck? It's not even spelled the same way. What the flying fuck, people? You got three out of ten. Yeah. We're going to have to try this on the next episode. Yes. So, are we ready to wrap this episode up? Yeah. You got some special Star Wars Urban Dictionary? I've got one, but I've got a couple others that I just found that are really fucking hilarious. So, are you ready to dust my wets? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever that is, I don't think your boyfriend would appreciate if I did. It, it doesn't sound good. It's not even sexual either. It, it still doesn't sound good. Are you ready to know what it means? Sure. To add Parmesan to wet spaghetti. The fuck? <laughs> I guess some comedian said it in a tweet. When else would you? <laughs> Are you just supposed to like leave your spaghetti out for days and let the no. sauce... No, you drain it. Like, you drain Oh, I'm thinking of wet with, like, the pasta sauce. No, like, spaghetti, and then you just Parmesan it. That's probably good. It could be. Put some garlic salt on there, too. Ooh. Moving on. Yeah. Flea bagging. Um, okay. It's when you get teabagged by a stray dog. Close. <laughs> okay. A, a homeless man teabag another man or a woman. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was just trying to be ridiculous. I wasn't far off. <laughs> just be happy none of these have poop in them because I got banned from saying poop jokes. I didn't ban you. I was just, can we get away from that for a little while? No, because I found some poop jokes and I couldn't use them. Use them at work. <laughs> yeah, because I can say Cleveland steamer at work. <laughs> <laughs> So, our very special addition to today's episode, Vader's Fist. Okay. Dan, what's the original definition to Vader's Fist? Okay. In actual Star Wars canon, Vader's Fist is a nickname for a legion of elite stormtroopers that went into battle with Darth Vader. What's our Urban Dictionary definition for Vader's Fist? Instead of fingering, one takes a whole fist and rams it into the girl's starport. Starport. Sentence. Hot damn. Lauren nearly sucked my fist into her black hole when I gave her the old Vader's fist. (laughs) Okay. I'm not sure how that's any different than normal fisting, but whatever. You ready to wrap up the show? Yes. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Tune in next 
episode. I almost said next week, but tune in next episode for The Empire Strikes Back. I'm excited. We appreciate if you can give us star ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever you're finding your podcast. Check us out on Micah Jigger's podcast at YouTube if you want to see some episode art. Every episode I do just like a quick little episode art with our title and cute cartoon faces. Yeah. And, you know, always uh, we're at Mike Jiggers Podcast on Facebook where you guys can leave comments and join the discussion with us. Do you guys like Star Wars? Is there a movie that you guys want us to do? What are your feelings on the series or the Star Wars series? Yeah, we're going to be doing a lot more discussions on movies. So if there's any movie, Star Wars or not, that you want us to talk about, just let us know. We're, we're both really into movies, so this is really fun for us. Yeah, and we got Disney Plus, so that helps. Yeah. All right, that's going to be all for today. Bye, Felicia. Happy 2020, bitches. Bye, Felicia. Bye.